One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome back to another edition, a Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. I, uh, I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. We had a lot going on. We had the uh, International Maxwell Certification in Orlando, Florida. Uh, 3,100 of our closest friends uh, hanging out. Got a chance to uh, give Dr. Daniel Amen the uh, John C. Maxwell Transformational Leadership Award, as well as uh, you know our normal certification. That was That was a phenomenal time. And uh, of course, last weekend then was uh, Dragon Con. So I've, I was been gone for two weeks. It's, it's amazing to be at the house and, and getting back to it. So um, we will do our traditional uh, What I Learned from John Maxwell show. It's going to be on the 20th of September because we've got a fantastic guest today. I've got somebody scheduled fantastic for next week as well. Uh, so we'll do that show on the 20th. I know we normally do it the week uh, I get back. Uh, but I had a chance to to, to book this guest, and, and we actually met through the the John Maxwell Transformational Leader Awards uh, and the Transformational Leader Podcast, and uh, we had such a good time. I invited him onto the show, uh, and so excited to have him. His, his name's Dr. Ome Kongo Tabinga, and uh, his bio is incredible, right? He, and what I love about him is is the quote: "Be an upstander, not a bystander." Uh, and he is the upstander. His life's mission is to inspire all across the globe to take a stand when they witness an injustice, no matter how small or large. He's a motivational speaker, a trilingual poet, TV talk show host, rapper, and professor of cross-cultural communication at American University. He's got an incredible bio. I, I suggest that you read it, including uh, you know some impressive uh, uh, study marks at Harvard, MIT, Princeton, Georgetown, Morehouse. Fletcher School. Uh, he's, he's been kind of all over. But let's get him on the show. How are you doing, Dr. O Mikongo? I am great. How are you? And we, we're, we're going to go with Dr. O. We good on that? That works for me. Thanks for having me on. And so I got to start by calling you out a little bit because I was promised um, one of your famous uh, rap tracks that's yet to hit my uh, email. Oh, man. Yeah, you there it right. is. But, but while, right. I, while I use that as a lead and talk to, to the audience a little bit, you know, introduce yourself and then and let them know what I'm referring to. I, I can introduce myself with a little rap, if you don't mind. Yeah, bring it. So when I was young, they used to call me a monster, African, Bushman, monkey. I was bothered. Used to pick on my clothes. I didn't have Nikes. I didn't have nice bikes, other fancy things. I didn't have much loot, no savings, no trust fund. So walking out my house every day was not fun. Had no heat in the winter, no AC in the hot sun. Next to my bed was rats, leftovers. They got some. Used to wonder why me while seeing on TV. Dudes with Beamers, Jaguars, of course, Mercedes. Being broke as a kid used to drive me crazy. Hearing the guns at night. Couldn't sleep like a baby, but now I'll make a plane. I'm writing this on a plane on my way to California for a show. What changed? Well, I stopped making excuses for myself, took blame. Take control of your life. You can do the same. Don't matter. You've been abused. Grew up with no parents. You dealt with booze, dealt with drugs, wheelchair ramped it. Maybe you grew up poor in a house, not a home. Maybe mom's was an addict, pop a roll in stone. What you got to see is life is just testing you out to see if you'll take your life, take the easy route to see if you'll throw the towel and surrender your soul. To a life of crime and life of loss, life out of control. But if you take a step back, think twice, get some goals. If you focus on your dreams and not your nightmares, yo, 
You'll see your life get better with your new mindset. Get new experiences that you won't regret. I took control of my life. Now I travel the globe. I meant Clinton, Obama, Maya Angelou. I might be the next man on the cover of O. You take control of your destiny, you never know. I've been on BET, BBC, CNN. I've been to 25 countries, spoke with 4 millions. Now they don't call me a monster unless I'm beast in the flow. They don't call me nothing but the goat at a show. So what can you do if you focus on great? More than me, probably, if you concentrate. Get the haters out your life. Stop lifting dead weight. And listen to no one who ever said wait. You take control of your dreams and develop yourself. If you eat the right foods and develop your health, you'll live the life of your dreams. Trust me, you'll see, because you have nothing but greatness in your destiny. There you go. How about there it? it that's a that's the first time anyone's wrapped on my show. I'm just going to throw uh -oh, that out. Uh oh, history in the making. There it is. There it is. You're, <laughs> you're definitely you're definitely the first. I promise you that. So that's exactly what we were talking about, though. You had this rip uh, this rap mixtape series, bootleg. Talk talk to the audience a little bit about that. Well, yeah, you know, I I when I was a kid, I used to rap all the time, and I got frustrated because you know I was you know doing what a lot of other guys are doing, cursing and all of that. And then I, I started doing more spoken word poetry because you have to be more creative to keep a rhyme, you know, uh, people's att attention if you don't have a strict rhyme pattern and possibly no music. But then as I got older and had a nephew, I realized that a lot of the music on the radio, they weren't even bleeping out a lot of the curses and stuff like they used to. So I started rewriting popular rap songs from Biggie and Tupac and all of these guys because I wanted to show my nephew and show other kids that they could rap without swearing or disrespecting women and still sound cool. So I would take songs like Juicy from Biggie and I'll say things like, it was all a dream, credit cards living above my means, shopping sprees with no money in the bank machines. Just like showing people they can rap about different things but still have a message. And so that's what led to the bootleg series and I did uh, three bootleg mixtape albums. Yeah, and that's the crazy part, right? Of the music these days. And a lot of my audience knows that the you know I I do work in the in the music industry as well. And in but like nowadays, if you bleep out the cuss words, you only hear nine words of a rap, and you can't even get into a flow, <laughs> right? right? I mean, that's right. There's no flow whatsoever. So you know, I I appreciate that more than you know. And Still waiting on my uh, Tupac version, but you know. It's coming. That's... It's right after this. It's coming. I promise. Yeah, well, well people, I'm going to check in next week live on the radio. And if I don't have oh. it, I'm calling you out again. No so doubt. Just... No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, you know, that, that you and I had talked about on the previous podcast, and I really wanted to get into and, and have more time to discuss, which is why we're doing it on our show here, uh, was the One Million Youth Campaign. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, well, you know, I heard somebody once say that when you hear – a negative comment, you have to hear the positive opposite like 17 times before you believe it to be true. And when I was a kid, you know, growing up in Boston with this African name and African background, there was so much bullying that I needed someone to inspire me. And I found that in my parents, my siblings, my being people like Maya Angelou, who I named myself after as a rapper, Dr. Maya, you know, young Maya, mighty African youth advocate. But as I got older, I started to say, I don't want any child who comes in my path to feel like I did as a child. So originally I had a 100,000 youth campaign. When I, was, when I launched this campaign, I, I was actually sitting in a hotel in Ethiopia where I was about to speak. So I'm like, why do 100,000 in the US when I can do a million around the world? So that's what launched the One Million Youth Campaign. And it's designed to inspire 1 million young people across the globe to just be their best to not get caught up in all of the bullying and the stereotypes and all of the ignorance being torn their way to celebrate themselves and help the educators in their lives to help them do the same thing. 
And so we had also talked about um, this deal that uh, you had with Intel. What, what's going on with that? Yeah. And so one of the things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm part of something called, because like I said, my organization is Upstander International. We talk about being an upstander, not a bystander. And there's so many ways to take a stand. And one of the things that I do in my work in empowering youth is I learned a lot about child soldiers and what's taking place with child soldiers across the world and child labor. And a lot of us don't realize that our electronics equipment, a lot of the uh, products, that, materials that are in them could come from child labor. And it's, it's extremely problematic. And what happens is, particularly in Congo, the things that are in our computers, we call them the three T's, the tin, the tantalum, the tungsten, as well as copper, things that make our iPads and all of these things run, are being fueled from war. And so I was part of this campaign to start letting companies like Apple know and Dell and all of these companies knows what was going on so that they can start to clean up their app. And so Intel, which is the largest creator of, of computer processor chips, they weren't aware of this. And through our activism, they learned that about what was going on in the Congo and with the war. And they decided that they wanted to make all, all of their computer chips uh, uh, conflict-free. We call them conflict minerals. They wanted to make them conflict-free by, by, I believe, about 2022 or something like that. And so I partnered with them. I did a commercial uh, voiceover commercial in Swahili, just highlighting some of their work that they're doing in the Congo and beyond to end conflict minerals. So that's one of the 11 things that you've got going on. What's <laughs> what, right? So, but uh, what we really wanted to talk about on the show and what we tease the audience with is your motivational book, Grow, right? Grow Towards Your yes. Greatness. Yeah. So uh, talk to me about how that came to be, and, and we'll get into some of the content of the book. Yeah, Grow Towards Your Greatness 10 Steps to Living Your Best Life. That came about. I started doing work as a motivational speaker. You know, I came into motivational speaking through the whole hip hop industry and I wanted to start reaching different audiences, maybe people who were not interested in rap so much. And then I partnered with the great Les Brown or I started working under the great Les Brown, I should say, who really did a lot of work training me as a motivational speaker. And, you know, while working with him, I came up with this idea, concept of growth towards your greatness, 10 steps to living your best life. So I released that book in the mid 2000s uh, he wrote the foreword to the book. Uh, it's been also endorsed by people like Willie Jolly as well. And the goal is to just to get people out of their shell, to start realizing how they can live their best life and not just kind of sleepwalk through life. And that's what the book is designed to do. So it's a short book. It also reads sort of like a workbook. So there's like activities you can do within the book as well while you're actually reading it. And there's also a complimentary audio CD that I did, which is not an audio book version. It's just a, it's like, different CDs of me talking over music about different things like managing your anger, have a healthy diet, raising positive kids and the like. And so when we start talking about 10 steps, just give me, give me one of the steps and then, then we're going to take a break and, and, and we'll come back and, and do more content from the book. First step is to run towards your story and not away from it. Too many people in this world, you know, they can't reach their greatness because they're too busy trying to hide from who they are. And when you're hiding from who you are, you can never be who you're supposed to be. And I was somebody who was running away from my story because I was ashamed of my name. I was ashamed of the history uh, where I came from because everybody was making fun of me. But once I started to embrace it, my whole life started to change. So don't run away from your story. You got to run to it. And how hard is that today for, for the young people, especially with social media and people posting their best life but not living their best life? Oh, it's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. And you nailed it. You know, that, that social media, everybody putting those fake images on camera of their, of their best selves and they're depressed. It's, it's extremely difficult. And even raising kids now, seeing, you know, them get exposed to that social media world, how to shut some things down because 
things just weren't working right. But we live in a society where everybody wants to put forth their best fake image. And for young people who don't know how to process that, it can be traumatic and have literally traumatic uh, circumstances, results. And literally FOMO, right? Oh, absolutely. That fear of missing out will do people in. And it's not just the young people. A lot of us as adults as well are so caught up in, you know, what we're missing that we walk around with these phones. We're using them in, on the toilets. You know, we're using them, you know, while we're driving. It's just everything. We want to be part of something. And we haven't really done the work to realize that we can be part of something incredibly great, which is our own lives. Yeah, I don't know. I don't use it on the toilet. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I will never that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I may be that. sitting on the toilet down doing this radio show. Right, That's right, the right. Of technology, it's just something right? I've heard. Yeah, I've heard yeah, about that. It's on my conflict-free device. I'm already <laughs> feeling FOMO talking to you, man. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we in it. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take our first break here. We're going to be great, uh, right back with Dr. O, as we say, but oh, May Gongo, right? It's oh, That's Gongo. right. That's right. And uh, we'll be right back with Omicongo. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to this Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. So happy to have you guys along. Uh, You know, I got numbers again uh, recently, and I'm just so blessed by this audience that you guys continue to download, continue to listen, continue to grow. Uh, We already hit our listener numbers that we did last year and and still got, you know, a third of the year to go. So I have you guys to thank. I appreciate the support and uh, hope you're enjoying the content and show. So as we come back to Dr. Rowe, we were talking about your 10 steps in, in growth, and we did the first one, run towards your story, not from it. What's, what's the next step? So the second step is to ask for what you want out of life. You know, Oprah said that you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. And there's a poem, I forget how all of it goes, but it basically talks about how I asked life for a penny, and that's basically all I got. But, you know, if you want, whatever you ask for life, you're going to get. And whatever you're willing to work for that you ask for, it's like the perfect combination. But 
so many of us are so caught up uh, living a small life, not asking for much, kind of going with the flow and not realizing that if we don't know where we're going, any road's going to take us there. For example, I ask people when I do my, my talk sometimes, how many of y'all have somebody who's living right now who's a celebrity or somebody you really respect who you'd really love to meet? Everybody raises their hand. And then I ask a simple question, how many of y'all have actually made an effort to actually meet them? And it's usually like less than 2% of the people in the room will raise their hand. And I tell them like, well, that's how I got an old magazine. That's how I got on these TV shows. That's how I've worked with, you know, great scholars and people like, you know, uh, Dr. Dyson and different people that I, that I wanted to work with because I actually reached out and did the work to do it. But so many of us just don't feel like we're worthy of the greatness that we don't even ask for anything. So we just go with the flow of everything and then we end up being miserable. I think it was Dr. King who said many of us die at 21 and don't get buried till we're like 65, 75, because we don't ask for anything more after we become an adult. And I love that. And, you know, quite frankly, it's, it's the secret of, of all the big secret books, right? If you think yeah. about Think and Grow Rich, if you think of The Secret, all of that is about, you know, manifesting and, and putting energy out there. And, and we were actually just laughing on the break, but, um, you know, I, 25 years ago, I, I put a vision board up and, and I had a specific car, a specific type that I put on there. I said, one day when I'm successful, I'm going to be able to pull this, you know, I'm going to be able to drive this car. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up Saturday. You know what I mean? It just, it, it, you're right. <laughs> yep. I mean, and it, yep. and, and what's crazy about goals and dreams, I'm, I'm not a huge goal fan just because again, it was awesome. And now it's just my car, right? I mean, right. now it's yeah, just my yeah. everyday car. Um, and it didn't make me, you know, it made me happy when I, when I drove it for the first couple of times, but it's not a sustained happiness. Sustained happiness is through the journey of getting there, That's not right. necessarily, right? So it's the reward for the journey, but not necessarily the result of the, of the journey. That's right. Um, so, I mean, I, I love when we start to talk about energy, put the energy out there. Also, you know, uh, I, I think I operate the same way. You know, the joke I have with, with my wife is, you know, we have our list. It's, it's the joke list, right? If, if you ever get to meet this person, you're allowed to sleep with them. Except yeah. that I've met everybody on my list. And she's <laughs> mad about that. So, <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> now nothing happened, but, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, I had yeah. Anyway, the, the, wow. the, but that's, that's the joke is I, mm-hmm. I put these these people down on the list that I'd love to meet them one day. And, and you did. So it, half the battle is believing in the dream in itself. That's right. That's right. And so many of us just get taken out because we can't get halfway there to a point where we can actually sit down and do the work to actually work on our own beliefs. And we're so caught up in going through the rigmarole of the day that we bear, we don't take any time to really take care of our, take stock of who we are. And if you can't take stock of it, you can't ask for anything. You're going to go whatever comes your way. Yeah, but so, but all of us have the negative judge brain, right? If you've read uh, uh, um, Positive Intelligence, mm-hmm. um, every one of us has, you know, the moment you have a thought like that, the, your, your worst ally is, is yourself and start telling you, well, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, there's no way you can do it. How did you overcome that? What are the conversations you like, you have with yourself? Well, a lot of days, you know, you're still, depending on the new goal that you set, you're always working to overcome it. But one of the things that I started to do was, I started, you know, surrounding myself with people and things that reminded me of what I was looking to get. So like you talked about with the vision board or, you know, making, you know, checking the songs that I was listening to, the, the music, uh, the music videos I was watching, the television shows, the people I was allowing to be in my ear. And you have to do it regularly. You know, somebody once said it was Zig Ziglar who said, oh, someone told him, oh, I don't do that motivational stuff. It doesn't work regularly. Uh, it doesn't work for me. 
And he says, um, his response was, well, neither does brushing your teeth. That's why we recommend you do it daily, right? And so you have to daily get involved. I wake up with affirmations. You know, I'm usually waking up when I wake up because what you do in the first 20 minutes of your day is going to affect your whole day. You know, I'm listening to somebody like Les Brown or Willie Jolly. Um, but I'm constantly doing those things because you're always going to have struggles. But if you constantly surround yourself with things that if you're a, re a religious person, you know, get your, you know, that motivation from your religious texts. If they're, like I said, if they're songs or hanging out with your kids or whatever, you have to intentionally do that because people are going to intentionally try to take you away from the things that bring you the most joy. So you say you wake up with affirmations. What is that morning routine for you? How do you, how do you get yourself jazzed for the day? So I, there are two ways that I get myself jazzed. Well, one, you know, my wife and I own a couple of hot, hot Pilates and yoga studios and I teach some of our Pilates classes. So getting up and teaching that uh, is real energizer for, for me and everybody in the class. And when I'm home, I just, I just wake up, I turn on something, I'm usually listening to something motivational like a Les Brown talk. Usually he's my go-to. I'll mix it up sometimes, throw on some Tony Robbins or, or Willie Jolly. And then sometimes I'll get up and just exercise at home and just do something to get the blood rushing, you know, before I get the kids up and ready for school. But have the you, main thing is consistency with it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I've got three things. Every, every day I get up and, and the first thing I do is meditate just five minutes. I don't do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I read uh, a Blinkist. It's an app that basically just does summaries of books to find out, you know, a new book that I may want to go get. And then the last one, which you may like, if you're not aware of it is pep talk. Mm, I don't know. So pep talk gives you a daily, uh, it's, daily motivational speech, but then they also, so it's like Les Brown, but then they, they splice it in with music. So you get a little pump up with wow. it as well. And then the, right, then the motivation comes in. And so music is my passion in, in that scenario. So it kind of gives me both, gets me jazzed and ready to go. You may want to check that out. The yeah, audience, I check it out. It's an app. Yeah, it's an app called Pep Talk for sure. So what's, what's the next step in your, in your 10 steps to grow? So we talk about running towards your story. We talk about asking what you want out of life. And then Step three, you got to be willing to reinvent yourself. So many of us get caught up in what we used to do. And as uh, they say, you know, used to be don't make no honey. Like I used to be this, honey. I used to be that. You know, and it's just like you get so <laughs> caught up in that. But that's in the past. And you're not. So you got to you got to be able to move forward and you have to be able to flow with the times while staying true to yourself. But a lot of us are either afraid to let go of what we were before because we're afraid to embrace something new. And to, do, to get to your greatness, you may have to reinvent yourself. You may have to learn a new language. You may have to quit your job. You may have to go back to school. You may need to get an additional certificate for your profession. But you know, all of that is part of reinvention. But if you stay stuck, I mean, just look at, you know, the easiest example is technology over the decades, right? You have to get used to using a phone, then you got to get used to using a cell phone, then you got to get used to using a computer, then you got to get used to using the social media. But, you know, if you don't do those things, you either expand or you become expendable. So if you don't seek every single day to say, oh, okay, I see that's new. It's just like with me. So I was doing a spoken word thing for a minute. I saw more kids listening to rap than spoken word. So I had to go back into the rap thing. I had to reinvent myself there. Then I realized as I was speaking to older audiences, they weren't as much interested in rap. So I had to reinvent myself as a different type of speaker. The themes were the same. The ideas were the same. So I was staying true to myself, 
but I was adding new things that let me reach different audiences. And now I've gone from, you know, speaking to kids at schools and community centers, which I still do, but now I'm also speaking to corporations and government groups and working with organizations like the State Department because I was able to reinvent myself. So if you really want to take yourself to the next level, you got to look at how you may need to change some things to get where you want to go. Yeah, the sign of corporate death is is the statement, this is the way we've always done it, right? That's, 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 how, right. Com- that's how big companies go to die. That's right. And that's how people do too. <laughs> this is how I've always done it. I've always done this routine. But, you know, if this routine isn't helping you grow, if it's not helping you be your best every single day, then it's time to find a new routine. And we can talk about that with diet. You know, part of that diet is a big issue. People don't want to let that go. And when you can't let that go, what's the point? What's the point? You got nothing if you don't got your help. Well, I, I, I do argue with you that I can't give up bread, but that's about it. <laughs> Other than that, I can change anything, but you ain't moderation taking bread away from matters. me. Moderation, moderation, I'll take it in moderation, but I ain't giving it up. I'll tell you right, right now, bread, especially <laughs> good too. garlic bread. But anyway, it's, oh, man, yeah. why why do you think so many people are afraid to, to grow, though, to step into that growth? When you start talking about leadership and change and values-based leadership, people shy away. Either they think they already have it or, or they refuse to grow. Why do you think that is? They're too comfortable, you know? I mean, like, you know, as Brian Tracy said, your comfort zone is your danger zone. So many of us, do, we're, we're, we're comfortable with the status quo. And I remember a story, I, you know, people used to tell me when I was doing this, motiv- learning this motivational stuff about a dog who was sitting on a porch and the, the dog is, is, you know, making this big moaning sound and everything. And people are like, what's wrong with that dog? And they say, uh, well, there's a nail in its foot. And they say, well, why doesn't the dog move? And they say, well, it doesn't hurt bad enough. So people will, you know, go ju- do just enough to get over, you know, to go to work and do just enough to keep from getting fired. And they're comfortable there because it's paying the bills and doing everything. But the other side of it is it's fear. You know, a lot of us have fear of, of failure. What happens if I do step out and nothing, and my dreams don't come true? But also a lot of us have fear of success. What happens when I make it? And all of the eyes of the world are on me. All the attention is on me. And, you know, we've seen some stories where average, you know, when I say average, I mean like non-celebrities, you know, just regular people have done something that has gone viral. And we've seen in so many situations how they're not ready to handle the attention. Like they want to go back to living their regular lives, you know, so everybody's not ready for the big time. However, they define the big time. It could be you know, getting a doctorate. It could be becoming a, a, a major rock star. It could be becoming a physician. It could be starting a school in your neighborhood. Whatever they define as the big time, a lot of people just are too comfortable, but nothing's ever going to grow in your comfort zone. Yeah, I heard an analogy the other day that if you don't do it while you you don't have it, you won't do it when you do have it. Meaning, That's right. right, thinking about, you know, things like tithing or things like, well, if you're not giving when you don't have money, what do you think you're going to do when you do? That's right. That's right. right. And a lot of people think that, you know, when it comes, when I get successful, when I have money, but now nah, little kids become big kids. You know, I remember I heard somebody once say that who won the lottery inside of having all of these problems. And he said, um, winning the lottery is like pouring miracle grow on all of your imperfections. You know, wow. like if you don't get grounded in the beginning, you're just going to magnify the problem. Look at our celebrities. You know, as you know, I'm writing a book on Jay-Z. And one of the things he says, you know, is that we condemn our artists all of the time for we see them getting in trouble. But he said, you got to look at it from the other way. 
as we get more famous, people start providing us with whatever our vices they provided to us on steroids. So it's like, you know, if, if, if women is your thing, they'll throw a bunch of women your way. If drugs is your thing or cars or how you'll get all of that in abundance. So if you don't get grounded before it happens, you're going to lose it all when it does happen. That's amazing. We're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back with uh, Dr. O and uh, you're listening to Rick Morris on the work-life balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. We're back to the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon, talking with my new friend here, Dr. O. We're we're talking about uh, his latest book uh, is Grow, and it's Grow Towards Your Greatness. And uh, we've covered the first two or three steps. I'd like to jump down to step six here and, uh, you know what it is, but go ahead and tell the audience what it is. Cause I'm, I'm intrigued by the title. Yeah. And, and it's perfection is procrastination. And I lead that chapter off with a quotation by, um, Anna Quinlan who said the thing that is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. And another quotation I have in there somewhere is from Willie Jolly who said, procrastination is the biggest nation on the planet. Like we're all citizens of it. We keep saying to ourselves, when I get it right, I'm going to go. When I get all the money right, I'm going to go. When I have my degree, I'm going to go. When I lose this weight, I'm going to go do it. And you have to, anybody who's interested in success, you know, you got to leap and make your parachute after you jump. You can't keep waiting for the perfect time. The per- when the kids are out of school, when this, you know, you can't keep waiting for the perfect time. You got to do it. You got to start now. And the problem is, is that since that time may never come, some of us never do the things that we say we're going to do. And that becomes a real problem. And, you know, I, I call it, you know, PPD, you know, perfection and procrastination disorder. And so many times we're just waiting for that thing to get perfect that, it's just, it's just we, and again, we just waste our time and waste our lives away waiting for a moment that would never happen. Yeah, I get that question a lot is, is 
you know, how did you start your business? How did, and, you know, my, my path was a little bit different. I was, I was working for uh, an organization. I was the president of a company. We had a single owner who, who bankrupted us out of the backside. We didn't see it coming. He, wow. he was spending all the money out of the account, which wasn't on our books, right? So mm. he, he came in one day and said, hey, uh, we can't make payroll. And I had two years of expenses on the books and a year of expenses on credit. I was like, take it from the line of credit. He's like, yeah, it's not there. Wow. And so um, wow. I, I eventually, it was like a month and a half later, incorporated R squared. And, and so I had no choice but to jump. Um, mm. And, you know, but uh, our friend Paul Martinelli says, you know, go ahead and, and leap and build your wings on the way down. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to live that um, and, and have been blessed ever since. But, you know, it's hard to get someone to, to understand that they, well, I need to replace my current income, you know, with, with this new income and then I'll make the switch. I was like, when are you going to have time to do that? That's right. That's right. right. Like that's just not feasible. There's not enough time in the day to be able to, to, to build two businesses. So if, if there's somebody in, in a lot of the people that listen to the show are John Maxwell team members, they, they, they're in this one foot in one foot out world. What, what's the best advice you could give them to, to, to make that next step? Do what's hard while it's easy. So for those of you all who have steady incomes, jobs, you're looking at leaving to go start your own business or your own, uh, whatever, start doing the hard things while you have that steady income. So right now should be the time where you buy your website page because you have your income. This should be the time where you register your business. This should be the time where you start looking at maybe using those vacation days to go to conferences in your field. This is the time where you have that income to start, you know, getting on, you know, with the podcast or the audio books or the physical books, start building your library for the things you want to do. So, you know, buying those business cards, you know, start doing those things now and then slowly but surely you're going to reach a point where you say, okay, I'm ready to launch this. You know, when my wife left her job in 2015 to focus on the yoga studios full time, you know, she was slowly, she didn't just leave and then say, I wanted to start building yoga studios. You know, she was slowly doing it as she had her job. And then, you know, after working on it for like four years, she was ready to leave and the income wasn't the same, but it was, enough that we were able to keep moving as it was able to grow. So that's the advice that I would give them. And I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, it's great advice, by the way. I, I love that advice, but um, what was, what was, you know, your holdup? What, what did you come from to get to where you are now? My holdup was I, and this cause, you know, I, I know you'll understand what I'm saying completely is I was very frustrated with the fact that I felt like people were saying they wanted to hear something from the music world and particularly from black males. And, you know, because they felt like everything out there was so negative. And I was like, I was coming out there with the positive stuff, but people weren't embracing it. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, this is the stuff you all said you wanted. So why is it the stuff that's, you know, gangster this and negative that why is this stuff still selling when you all said you wanted these things? And it was very frustrating for me. So it was just like, I was nervous as to whether I can actually make a career, you making the type of music I was making, you having the type of message I was having when I knew that the big record deals were not gonna be coming my way. I knew that I wasn't gonna be making Snoop Dogg money or all of that type, you know, type of money. And so, but then I started having, you know, when I started having my children, you know, my oldest is 13 now, and I started, and they started listening to music. I'm like, I need to give them stuff that they can listen to. So my mo- my larger motivation became not, you know, stardom, 
but giving the people, the kids in my airspace, something they could have. And I knew that if they would appreciate it, the other younger audiences would appreciate it as well. And that was kind of the liberating moment for me to just go out there and put it out there. Because a lot of the music I write is for is for me and the people in my closest circles. Yeah, and I, you're you're breaking the mold, and the mold doesn't sell unless they can prove that it sells. But then. They won't prove that it sells without taking the chance. It's the dumbest right. cycle in, in the world. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. So you've got, but, but luckily now you've got a distribution network in which you can break that cycle. Right. Because yes. it's not, it's not owned by the record companies anymore. It's owned by the people, which I think has been a great move in, in music. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I love talking about, uh, you know, when I'm talking to you is you've got these quotes on the ready, which means I, I know you read and I know you absorb. Talk to me about how important reading is in, in, in your growth. Well, my good friend Tama said, you know, you can't lead if you don't read. And somebody once said that the average American reads one book a year after they finish whatever educational studies they're doing, whether it's high school, college, whatever. And, you know, you just can't grow if you don't read. And so for me, and I know a lot of your listeners are dealing with this as well. One of my challenges became as my kids started getting older and, you know, this practice, that practice, this concert for them and this and that. You know, it, it's harder sometimes to sit down with a book. And that's uh, what Zig Ziglar has been talk, talked about forever, Automobile University. You know, the, just to be able to, the, the ability to be able to maybe drive and process things and maybe get the book later and digest it when you have time. There is no excuse today to not want to consume knowledge. The only excuse is your own laziness. There are too many ways for for you to consume information. And so that would, and then as someone who studied, you know, for a doctorate, obviously I had to do all of that type of reading. So you just have to do it and you can break it down. And I would say for those of y'all who can't read, you know, an entire, like say book in a week, fine, make it a chapter a week, but do it consistently. If you do two pages every day, as opposed to being mad that you can't do 200 pages in three days, those two pages every day, by the end of the, end of the, end of the month, that's, you know, uh, what, 60 pages of, of a book. That's progress. And, you know, we have to remember that, you know, people say practice makes perfect. No, practice makes progress. And as long as you practice whatever you're trying to do regularly, reading, doing these things consistently is the key, you'll start to see growth. You just talked about how you reached your numbers with like, a, you know, the rest of the year to go. It's from consistency. You know, the show is great. You're great. You do, you, you got the work ethic, but so many people are, have the talent, but don't have the work ethic and they don't have the ability to do the things consistently. And so they consistently end up not reaching their goals. That's the one thing that becomes consistent with them. And what I, I mean, we're participating in the medium right now, but you know, for those of you that are listening to this while you're, you know, out walking horses or riding a car or doing what it is that you do, we applaud you. Right? You're doing yep. exactly what we're talking about in the sense that you're taking an opportunity where you normally wouldn't be able to crack a book, but you're consuming knowledge. And, and we applaud you for that for sure. That's right. That's right. So, it, you know, and it's, it's interesting to me, the, you know, Rachel Hollis had a quote that, that really spoke to me. She said that in this day and age of the Internet and podcasts, uh, ignorance is a choice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. If that doesn't just punch you in the nose, I don't know what does. But uh, but she is also somebody who was, was self-made. She, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom trying to figure out what she was going to do, and she just consistently built an audience. She listened to Oprah. She listened to John. She listened to all these people. We, I got to see a fantastic uh, moment in leaderships where she shared John's stage for the first time. 
and wow. she was just overwhelmed, right? She was overwhelmed. But, um, wow. but the point being is, is there's li- literally like <laughs> my daughter called and said, well, I locked my keys out of the car. I said, welcome to Google, figure it out. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm not going to help <laughs> yep. you. Right. You've That's got the right. greatest resource at your fingertips. Let's figure this out. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's more information available literally in our hands than was available in like all centuries past combined. <laughs> in a whole lifetime. Right. right. And- you know, <laughs> so it's like, it's now the information is given to you and people still won't seek it out because they can still, it'll still go to their same sports stations, their same TV networks, the same artists and, and just won't grow. Or when they have a moment, they read the, the world's largest bathroom wall, which is Twitter. That's right. right. Get all, all fired <laughs> up about stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had ten minutes. We're gonna waste it on Twitter. Yep. Hey, really quickly. Yeah. So, Grow is an acronym. Why don't you share with the audience what Grow means in your book? Yes. And so, the G for in Grow it means give. You got to focus on, on on giving because the more you give, the more you get. Strongly believe that. The R in Grow is for release. You got to learn to let it go and let them go. That means let go of things that have hurt you by practicing forgiveness. And letting go of people who don't represent who you are because you're a direct reflection of your five closest friends. Overcome means overcome that fear. You got to realize, as Ziggler said, that fear is false evidence appearing real. You just got to go for it and get it. And that leads you to W, which is win. Believe that you will win, that you will win if you do not give in. And so we talk about D-R-O-W, grow, because we don't want you to just go through experiences. We want you to grow through them. So out of the 10 steps, which one's your favorite? Oh man, which yeah. running towards my story is, is the favorite, but learning money management is also probably the most one of the most important. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I I don't know which one you want me to talk about, but how but actually, step four. Step four, value yourself and your work. And that's not just for your business, that's your life, your relationships, your spouses. If you don't show value, why would any that you value yourself? Why would anybody want to invest in you? And when I'm going into the studio to record this song that maybe has no curses or you know maybe it's talking about something empowering, I tell myself I value this. Other people may not, but I but I do. Because again, if you don't value it literally, why should anybody else? So, you know, and this goes into all these conversations, women in the workplace, you know, where you're making 70 cents on the dollar to men. You know, like, are you valuing yourself enough to ask for the salary you want? And if they're not giving it to you, find another place that will or start your own business, right? It all comes down to how much you value yourself. And so that's one of the ones I would say, like, particularly as I'm looking at things right now, step four is the one that's resonating with me the most. But, you know, it goes up and down. Well, you've got 10 steps, so you got to love them all. But uh, (laughs) I just thought I'd throw... I thought I'd throw a wrench at you and, and just uh, see what that. happened. <laughs> and I love the answer. But the, it's true. You know, I, I, I work with a lot of people when I coach, and, and the biggest issue that they run into is is trying to set a, a value of price for themselves. Yep. You know, and they're like, oh, yep. I don't know, maybe 50 bucks. I was like, no, you're 250 an hour, you're 400 an hour, and, and you're going to live into that. You're going to walk into that. That's right. That's um, right. But don't allow anybody to devalue the time that you're going to give them. That's, that's, you know, such a key. Absolutely. And I've been there and, you know, it just leaves a, it just leaves a knot in your stomach. You know, you just don't feel right. And then you can't do your best work. So, you know, demand what you, again, get asking life, what you have the coverage, you get in life, what you have the coverage to ask for, ask first, you can feel good doing it. You don't want to be on stage or running your store and people are like underhanded, you know, not, not giving you what you're worth. You're going to be miserable. 
Oh yeah. And it, it's so funny because as a young entrepreneur, you think any revenue is good revenue, right? I, right. I, I can't turn this down, but That's then you're right. wasting all the time servicing a client who doesn't value you when you could be finding the, the client that does. And That's uh, right. It's a hard lesson and we've all got to walk that path and learn it, but it's, it's one that's worth learning for sure. Most definitely. We're going to take our final break right here. We'll be back with our final segment with Dr. Rowe. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the final segment of this work-life balance. If you love Dr. O, let him know. Let me know. And uh, we'll give a quick shout-out to to my producer, Winston Price. What's up, buddy? Uh, We know Winston's always listening. But, uh, Winston, we got to get this guy on the network. That's all there is to it. There it is. I put the energy out there, Dr. O. It's going to happen now. It just has to. Ah, No doubt. No doubt. All right. So, (laughs) coming back, uh, let's – why don't you uh, tell us some of the best advice you've ever received? Um, some of the best advice I ever received is really comes down to just really getting out there. Like Les Brown said, your network determines your net worth. And that was a really hard one for me to digest because as I'm sure you've seen in many people in the music world, like we get up and perform, but kind of off stage, we could be introverted. And so, but in order for me to make the connections that I wanted to I had to start going to social events I had to start calling people I had to start saying hey can I take you to lunch and sit down and that's really hard for a lot of people because again we're we're comfortable in in our spaces but somebody once said that you're going to make within five thousand dollars of the people that you hang around with the most so if you want to start upping your income you got to start upping the company that you keep so once I started doing that it was hard started going like national speakers conferences and Khan and different places, the network started to appear. So, you know, you have to get out there and, and do that. And then another one that I learned was that, you know, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And, you know, so it's very important to me, you know, as a father, as a husband, 
uh, to really make sure that as I'm growing in my work that I'm maintaining my health because I want to be able to enjoy whatever I have coming towards me. And we can't just, we can't sacrifice our bodies for the work. And I've seen too many people do that. So how do people get in touch with you? Uh, they can visit uh, upstanderinternational.com, www.upstanderinternational.com, or they can get the music on iTunes. And I primarily use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And those you just type in Omekongo, that's O-M-E-K-O-N-G-O. That's my first name. You type it in on those three platforms and you can reach me there as well. And so any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to, to leave with the audience? You've got a few minutes. I'd love to end with a poem. Yeah, bring it. Grow Towards Your Greatness. They say that greatness is a choice, but what have you chosen? You've been frozen in time and broken in mind. For too long, the same song playing in your head. Living in breath, but better off dead. But who said that you didn't have the power? Who said this is not your hour? You've been showered with a steady stream of words that kill your dreams. But since you're still breathing, then someone has lied to you, tried to deny you of your own potential inside you. If you just decide to, let no one deride you. Don't even let them get beside you as you unearth the new you. Stop listening to naysayers and decide to do you. No more pity parties, sob stories, and boo-hoos. If no one told you that you're great, then let me be the first to. If you develop the thirst to drink from face fountain, you'll develop the might to move mountains. You see, we remove tons of dirt to find one ounce of gold. So I ask you to remove tons of hurt and just uncover one ounce of your soul. You'll set yourself on a true path of excellence, getting out of your passenger seat and driving your own car, reaching for the moon, but maybe only landing among the stars. You see, you have greatness inside you, but you must choose to be great. Blaze a path of excellence, leaving fear in your wake. All you need is already inside you. You just must believe in yourself. Grow towards your greatness and discover your true wealth. Wow. That's awesome, brother. What, um, Thank you. What one action would you ask the audience to take out of today's call? If you could give them uh, insight to do one thing, what would you ask them to do? Find an accountability partner. Find somebody who's going to be honest with you about what you're doing and where you're going. And, you know, one of the things we have in, in the book, you know, is a list that says who can you count on and who can you count out. And if you have a list of who you can count out is bigger than the people you can count on, you got some work to do. Find somebody who's not just going to, you know, kiss your behind and say, yeah, you're great, you're doing it, who's really going to tell you what you need to be doing to help put light that fire under you and start taking what they say seriously if you respect them. Step one, get out there and do that. And so who's your accountability partner? My wife, Kendra, does not play. My wife, she does <laughs> not play. You know, it's just like, she'll tell me what's not going, what's, what's going right, what's going wrong. Um, another person who keeps me accountable is Willie Jolly, a great motivational speaker. I can call him up, text him anytime, and he'll tell me, this is what you got to do, this is what you're not doing, and you got to step up, you know? So sometimes they could be in the family if you respect them enough, but sometimes it could be a peer or somebody who's been doing this work a lot longer than you have. Find that person and listen to them. We got two ears and one mouth. You have to use them in proportion. Don't just look in the mirror talking about how great you think you are. Find somebody who's going to tell you what you got to do to really get there and stay there. Because you can't let your character take you to a, your talent take you to a place where your character can't sustain you. And an accountability partner can help you do that. Yeah, I actually have three different accountability calls. 
And so I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I had one, one this morning uh, and uh, it really does it, not only that, but making a commitment to somebody else that, that you value and trust, you kind of, it, it takes it from letting you down to letting them down. That's right. Right. And it's, right. I mean, it's a huge psychological shift, but like I can't, I can't get on that call and say I didn't do anything this week towards my goals. It's, Absolutely. It's, I'm not letting that happen. So what, talk to me, what's your, what's the one book in your, in your bookshelf that's dog-eared, underlined, highlighted, ripped up, torn up because you've read it so much? Oh, Think and Grow Rich. Amen. Uh, <laughs> the classic, right? I'll be going back to that in the next couple of days. You know, when you find timeless advice and I can't think of anybody who's out there doing their thing, whether they're musicians, motivational speakers, leadership people who don't have that book. So again, if you want to bring out your greatness, you got to study what great people do. And that's on everybody's list. So I had to put it on mine. Oh, wow. And so when, when someone asked me to, to coach them, what, what I do is I ask them to read the, the chapter, go by the book, read the chapter on perseverance, mm. read it 14 days straight. If you skip a day, start over. And at the end of the 14 days, call me. That's right. And uh, I'll go ahead and give you the answer to the test. In that chapter, the first thing it says is if you don't know the four steps in chapter two, then stop immediately and go read that. That's right. I want to know. And so then if they say, yeah, I read it for 14 days, I'll say, then what's the statement you tell yourself when you get up and when you go to bed? Yep. And if you don't have a specific statement, you didn't follow it. I can't coach you. You didn't follow That's, it. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's you're, right. You're not coachable at that point. Like, yeah. There, there is a blueprint. There's a roadmap. You got to get out there and study if you want to get it. And so I'll share with you my, mine was uh, uh, to generate $2 million via online products, right? And so that's, that's been what I've been telling myself and, and specifically by March, 2022. And, um, but what was hitting me is, you know, I launched my first products, things weren't going as well as I wanted, got a little discouraged, all that stuff. Uh, while I was at the uh, MMC 30 event, uh, it spoke to me, it said, nobody said whose products, Mm. right it just said online products and i was being offered opportunities to help others generate their online content and so i pivoted and, and started to work down that path but it's just interesting how the energy works wow exactly exactly all right brother well we we appreciate you we'd love to have you back on so just uh keep in touch with us let us know when important things are happening we'd love to get you back on here and share share your wisdom and, and energy with this audience just say the word. I'm ready to go. All right, brother. So that's it for the Work-Life Balance this Friday. Next Friday, we're going to have uh, Joanne Hessian, who's part of the Lift uh, Ireland movement. Uh, Joanne and I met at, at uh, Maxwell uh, event uh, probably three years ago and have stayed in touch ever since. Been trying to get her on the show for three years and, and successfully got her booked uh, with the time difference and everything this this coming Friday the 13th. So we're excited to have her. You're not going to want to miss that call. And then on the 20th, we'll do our What I Learned from John Maxwell event, uh, our, our uh, biannual uh, meeting of that. So stay with us. We love you guys. Stay on the network. Listen to the next show. And uh, we will talk to you live and in person next Friday right here on the Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas.